They know how to make you smile. You're already here, why don't you stay a while? Kick back, relax, you freaks. They're playing all the tricks and taking all of the treats. Grab a whiskey and hang on tight. Smoke that bong with all your might. They write books, but that ain't all. One's short and smooth and one is hairy and tall. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. They argue about everything and then drive each other so insane. Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne. Best buds talking book of the week. And all the horror stuff that they think is neat Hanging loose doing ridiculous reads Not cause we deserve it cause it's what we need Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne We argue about everything and drive each other so insane Vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne It's vital social issues and stuff with Chris and John Wayne Welcome to Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. I'm John Wayne. Hello, darling. With me as always is Christopher Triana. Christopher. Christopher, yo, what's happening? Hey, hey, hey. What's up, guys? What's up, chaps and ladies? How's everybody? Awesome, man. Good to see you. As always, your beard is tremendous. Your beard is good. Um, Uh, Good to see you as well. Your tattoos are very colorful. Thank you. Speaking of good beards and tattoos, we have uh, a special guest with us joined again to continue our conversation from last week. He's from the other side of the pond. I could go on about my knowledge of uh, world travel, which Christopher said is is very extensive, uh, but I won't. And I'll just bring him on. He is a, a talented author. You know him. You love him. My mom's favorite guest, Jonathan Butcher, is here. Jonathan. Welcome home. I have from no the beard future, no from tattoo. the past. I was going to say that as well. He has no beard and no tattoos. Well, you know, so. I'm that's famous. what makes me unique. I'm, I'm famous for my face and flesh. Yeah, I'm famous for my segues, though, dude. So that was a, yes, of course, absolutely, masterful as ever, John. Thank you. Good to see yes. you again, dude. Welcome back. Oh, thank you for having me. Always yes, this is him. Talk filth and gore. Yeah, and that's exactly what we plan to do. Uh, this is going. This is a continuation of our last show, uh-huh. uh, which was focused on uh, German horror, uh, and we didn't get to get to everything that we wanted to discuss. So this is a continuation of that episode. So if you're listening to this and you missed the last one, you might want to listen to the previous Good. episode first. Absolutely. And um, <clears throat> before we jump into that, I wanted to uh, uh, talk to talk some movie stuff to you to you, couple of awesome dudes. So I've been out, uh, you know at the time of this recording, I've been out on the road for several weeks and I was at Mad Monster Expo in North Carolina and I was by this booth that uh, was like had DVDs and stuff like first I thought it was like a vinegar syndrome booth, but they were on the other side. Turns out it was uh, this awesome dude named Mark who runs this shop called Orbits DVD in Asheville, North Carolina. And he, it is like, like into an archive, like what we went to, Chris, when we went, the one that Vinegar Syndrome's shop. It's, it's right. kind of like that, but in Asheville. And it's like a true mom and pop shop. Like this guy is like, just start, like it, it's, it's getting successful. Like, and it's, a, you know, becoming like a, a cool thing for he and his wife that they run this. And they're pretty yeah. fucking sweet, man. So Asheville uh, is actually like a, the perfect type of place for a shop it, like that. It's exactly. like a really cool little like downtown area 
it's very hippie, but just very laid back. And there's a lot of unique shops, record stores. So yeah, that sounds perfect for that area. Uh, yeah. And it, it's like, uh, yeah, a lot of artists and stuff there. Uh, shouts out to right. Jade, my, my friend Jade Young out there is an artist. She's she's right as hell. Um, but so I get to talking with this guy all weekend and I end up like uh, getting I, I, I purchased a all play all region Blu-ray player from him. So I was like, hell yeah, I'm gonna, uh, so now I can play like everything off the fucking worry because I did accumulate a lot of movies on this trip. I usually don't accumulate a lot of things on my trips, but I was gifted. And then from several people and even Chris, I know I sent you a stack, but I got another stack after that, that I have to send you. A oh, picture nice. of. So nice. I've got all these Blu-rays and I'm like balls deep. In these movies. But Mark from orbits, uh, rec- he, he had this movie and I had to get it. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with this. Maybe you are, but this movie is called the LA AIDS jabber. Have you, uh, Wow. Uh, oh no, I have not heard wrong of this. title. And so, you see the cover too is a hand holding a bloody syringe. Yes. Oh, um and, and yeah. that's that's the outside cover. Here's the inside cover. Like that's that's pretty sweet. Like uh try to get that glare off of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's oh yeah. Cool. The, oh, he's like, yeah, he's like holding a woman in his hand there. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's this looks absolutely bananas. Dude, so yeah. he brought this up as like a joke, like, yeah, look at these how some of these titles go. And I was like, holy shit. And yeah. of course, I made the joke, like, oh, what was that like 4:30 Friday at the writer's room? Like, let's go, age jabber, like fucking first rounds on me. But then that was all I could think about all weekend. Mm-hmm. The LA age jabber, dude. I had to have it. God and damn. I have it. And how many times have I watched it? twice sure. already dude oh twice oh, already. man it is fucking so it's good it's it's a shot on video so like you nice. know akin like to the thing things and stuff like that and it's just like the premise of course is um if you can imagine this this uh, young man who's 19 you get he gets some tests run at the doctors for whatever reason and the doctor's like you have aids and like he's like no like i ran it twice you have aids so he goes on this kind of like revenge right he has like a fucking revenge list and he's just like filling needles with his blood and going and like injecting giving people, people aids, with yeah. AIDS. Wow, it's um, wow, it's sensitive quite, content. Yeah. It's like Dallas Buyers Club on crack. Yeah. Can I read? Can I read the back to you? I would love Please. that. Okay, L.A. AIDS Jabber, A.K.A. Jabber. So I guess it was also released under that, which I like that Jabber. as well. Jabber is one of the rarest and most sought after movies of the shot on video era. Okay, Jeff, a mentally unstable young man, is diagnosed with AIDS and takes his anger out on the world by filling a syringe with his own tainted blood and trolling the seedy streets of Los Angeles, looking for victims in an acid-washed and venomous delirium. Please slowly piece together his crimes in an attempt to stop this ticking virus time bomb from jabbing again. This is the first wide release of this movie since it's self-distributed on VHS by director Drew Goderis himself, and the Blu-ray is packed with newly produced bonus features and commentary from the original creators. Wow. Like not to okay, spoil so, it, but okay. Now you go, Chris. Oh, I was just going to say, so, um, you know, by, by saying that it was initially released on VHS and also given the content, I'm guessing that this was originally made and released during like the height of the AIDS epidemic or, or right afterwards, like maybe late eighties, early nineties, 1994. 94. Okay. Mm-hmm. So AIDS was still kind of like a, a, a it, it was still a bigger death sentence than exactly it is now, and that that's like what now. he's like yeah. it's a death sentence you get like the like the acting awful dude let me tell you no. like like it's it's well, 
I don't want to spoil anything either, but there's a point where like one of the characters is just gone and like you're like wait what happened and like they have some really weird way to get rid of them and i'm like okay so what happened this guy like just couldn't film the rest of the finish like what the fuck happened here dude it was it's just bizarre jonathan what were you gonna say well usually in movies that are exploitative like that there are there's the potential for gore and and general Mm -hmm. nastiness but it's a it's a jab and then it's a long drawn out illness so unless it's like super aids and they like <laughs> rapidly decline in the space right. of 24 hours. Is right. it like a super mega jabby in the eyes and up the. Interestingly know, enough, there's a sequel that I also have here. The return of oh super age Jap. No, I'm just joking. Um, I, was gonna, I, was, I, I believe you. <laughs> yeah. from right there. Yeah. No, it's um, it's it's weird the way they do it, man. Like they're just trying to stop this AIDS jabber. And because it's. The LA AIDS Jabber. It is like, Chris, when next time we see each other, we're watching this together. Oh, I want to see it right away. I might not be able to wait that long. Okay, okay, yeah. If you can get it, if you can find it, please watch it. You too, Jonathan. But I know uh, this is Visual Vengeance. Oh, I've never heard of that. Visual okay. Vengeance and Wild Eye. So it's got like two, but it's Visual Vengeance on the side. So I guess that's the distributor. I, yeah, I've never you, heard of If it you either. haven't already, you should uh, you should text that to uh, Carrie, C.V. Hunt. Because I did. That, I did okay. right after, that, right after I, the first time I watched it. I'm sure. I'm, okay, good. Um, I figured you, you probably did. Um, yeah, because I, I think, you know, like she, she's someone that I always go to when it comes to uh, shot on video nastiness because like yeah. she loves it just as much as as i do and and mm-hmm. she's uh kind of an expert in in, in it as well so i was wondering if yeah. maybe she had heard of it before yeah no she she got me into it as well with uh things she you know when she introduced <laughs> yeah. me to that movie i was like oh jesus um she said she hasn't seen this yet but she keeps seeing it pop up on things so it's like been okay. on her radar yeah so hopefully she this is the first time i've heard of it <laughs> my first yeah, time i've never heard of that shit yeah I'm telling you, dude, too, like it was like Costanza or, you know, like he because he said it and it was a joke. And then that was all I could think about all weekend. I was like, I got to see this movie. I got to get this yeah. movie. But, hey, but hey, I got to get the movie. But it is cool. But like uh, if you're in Asheville or going through Asheville, check out Orbit's DVD. It's a they have a shop there and, and Mark's a pretty badass dude. So you could get age cool. jabbed, you know, but this is a good <laughs> one. <laughs> but yeah. All righty. Uh, but uh, I know we're not doing the uh, you know the segments normally like that we do. We're gonna kind of get right into the discussion. But we do have one book that we do would like to discuss. Uh, am I right, Chris? That's that's right. We do. Um, you were gonna say, Jonathan. We're gonna. It's just gonna say it's simpin time. It's simpin time. It is. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're gonna jump right into that. Then let's get into it. Book of the week. Book. 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 Also, also, Jonathan, that's from yeah. Married with Children. I don't know if you know that. No, absolutely that, not. No, that little, whole... that little bit of music is actually from a Married with <laughs> the Children accordion episode. thing. Yeah, the accordion playing. Um, oh, what's the name of the damn song now? Uh, it's also the other song that we use. The one, two, three, four. Dun, 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 dun. Yep. That's also for married children. And also, John, you might be surprised to know this. The name of this podcast is taken. Oh, I knew that bit. Married with children. Oh, that you knew that bit. Yes. 
Yes, oh, I yeah. see. That's the one. That's the one reference I did definitely know, and I love it. Right. All right, awesome. Just needed to make sure of that. Yeah. <laughs> now that we've met all of our obligations to the Married with Children franchise, please. Yes. Move on. <laughs> it's always about the Married with Children with these two. All right. So, book of the week. Uh, Jonathan is going to present us with book of the week. So, I'm going to uh, turn things over to him. Okay. Um, yeah. I wanted to talk about um, a beautiful sto- short story collection called um, Old farmhouses of the north by michelle von eschen who uh yes she's my wife fine but pretty much the only reason we're together is because we really dug each other's writing and then took it from there so this is a little literary compared to some of the exploitation sort of stuff that we would usually um discuss on 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 this podcast but it's still packed with twisted shit like necrophilia and alien dog babies and um corpses giving birth from their graves and all, all sorts of wild and, and and wacky shit but hey um, you you had us at necrophilia you made your sale <laughs> i mean th- th- there's there's plenty more on every page of this but um yeah i thought i would just uh i, w- I would read the back um of this because essentially uh michelle's going to be moving over to the uk to be with me as we've previously mentioned in podcasts yes. and she's currently got sp- stock um and it's going to be the last chance for a long time that anyone has to buy signed copies directly from her so i thought i'd give it a bit of a plug and um, where can he, they get them from her they can get them from her directly from uh contacting michelle butcher on facebook um okay. or commenting on one of her several posts um about this or from simply visiting her website when the dead.com when the dead.com when correct the dead. Yeah, and um, for the people, I think people who are watching, because um, this appears on YouTube, doesn't it? Uh, this is only one of the uh, the, the covers that she's uh, she's done herself. But she she designs this, she formats it. Um, very talented woman, and, and and writes it herself. And the new books are even more beautiful looking. Um, so the blurb is: Sometimes the weather gets in the windows. Beyond the borders of a barely civilized and struggling population, the barren fields of the north stretch into oblivion. Old, abandoned farmhouses, crumbling in a million tiny ways, stand on silent watch over the emptiness. Old Farmhouses of the North features ten tales of quiet literary horror, exploring the predators and plagues of the human condition. Spend a dark night in a pumpkin patch in Noche Oscura, Search for a different kind of buried treasure with Butcher and Shaw, Jonathan Butcher and Matt Shaw. Expect the unexpected in What to Expect When You're Expecting. Enter, if you dare, the bug house. All of this and more from the bleak yet beautiful landscape of Michelle Von Eschen's mind. And it is, it's it's genuinely a, a, a brilliant book. Um, and yeah, I think you should check it out if uh, if any of that sounds, sounds good to you. That sounds awesome, awesome actually. Yeah. Sounds very good. So what is the website one more time? Whenthedead.com. Whenthedead.com. Cool. Yeah, everyone should check it out while they have the chance. Sounds very good. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Very good. Well, I think we're just going to get balls deep into it, right? We got to plug it right down. We are. As as I said earlier, um, this is a continuation of our uh, focus on on German horror. Uh, So we, we broke it up into two episodes because we had a lot to cover. Um, so 
did we want to just get right into our second director of the two that we had planned to focus on? Yes, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Uh, so we already discussed Georg Buttergeit. Buttergeit. Okay, thank hey, you. I always think, no, I'm saying it wrong. Yes. Hey, Chris, hold on. Olaf Edinburgh. <laughs> what was that from? Married with children. children. Oh, of course. Yes. Now you're just fucking with us, dude. And we don't yeah, appreciate dry you British wit, okay? <laughs> yes. yes, yes. We do, actually. It's very funny. It's hilarious. Um, yes. Uh, so Olaf Ittenbach is the, the next director that we were going to talk about. Uh, and he is one that we all three of us really enjoy. Mm. <clears throat> He's probably best known for his uh, extreme splatter films, including The Burning Moon, Permutos, Lord of the Living Dead, uh, Black Past, uh, and many more. Uh, so let's get right into discussing this uh, awesome guy. Uh, he first uh, started making films in the 80s uh, with, um, with Black Pass coming out in 89, so late 80s and then into the early 90s, uh, giving us uh, these, these films that are really hardcore gore. Uh, some of the goriest, yeah. highest body count films that you'll ever see. Uh, definitely disturbing content, uh, plenty of torture, uh, particularly in The Burning Moon. Uh, so this is for hardcore gore fans only. This is extreme horror cinema at its best. Um, so many exploding heads. Yeah. Yes. And genital like, mutilation yep. uh, more than you can shake a fist at. Yeah. Yep. I know how you love your general mutilation, Johnny yeah, boy. Yes, I know. Yep. Uh, yeah, plenty of the genital, genital mutilations, uh, sexual violence, and... Uh, just all out absurdity as well, uh, particularly in Permutos, which is a batshit crazy movie, <laughs> which we'll be getting to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my first uh, exposure to him was actually The Burning Moon. And I didn't see it until much later in life. Um, I think I was in my early 30s when I first saw it. And, and it was something I discovered through, uh, uh, John Wayne, you mentioned the movie Things a little uh -huh. bit. A little bit ago well things i saw before the burning moon and it was re-released by intervision uh and so i checked out other stuff that intervision had because i like things so much and i believe the burning moon there's a trailer for it on the dvd of things and that's where i first was like oh okay mm -hmm. and i bought it just based on that alone uh not knowing anything about ittenbach not having seen anything else uh not even having heard of him i don't believe uh and Watching The Burning Moon was certainly a fun and eye-opening experience, uh, particularly uh, its infamous hell scene at the end, uh, which takes place entirely in hell, which is a long scene. I think it's about 15, 20 minutes long. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it almost lulls you into a full sense of security before that because there's some gore. Mm -hmm. But then right at the end, he's like, right. You thought that yeah. was sick? I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you yeah. how bad I can go. And yeah, That's ramps exactly that exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah, the 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 first, you know, uh, the first two thirds of the film are certainly disturbing and dark. Like the nature of the stories are are really you know upsetting, and he he hits on a lot of uh, taboos, transgressive horror moments. Uh, but yeah, it's really the finale that takes place in hell, 
um, where that that really puts it over the top as far as as far as gore and carnage and just uh, disturbing content. Uh, it really it, it goes on for a long time, and there's really no dialogue. It's just people being tortured. <laughs> All the just, soundscapes horrible. It's just going ah, yeah, screams yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's just screams and like this droning noise and these weird like dollar store cenobites. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, ripping people apart and shit. ripping people apart. But uh, but considering this is shot on video and considering it's um it's as low budget as it is. Uh, I think a lot of the special effects are very impressive. Yeah, oh, um, yeah. yeah. When yeah, it comes sure. to like the evisceration and people being drawn and quartered, uh, you know, very ambitious uh, for a film of this low budget. And that's one of the things I really like about Ittenbach is that uh, he's extremely ambitious when it comes to the gore and the carnage, despite, uh, you know, a lack of funds. And he even became a, a professional um uh, makeup artist because he wanted to have all of this all of these great special effects and so he on top of studying you know the art of filmmaking he studied that art as well the art of you know being a special effects wizard did he do effects yeah. on other people's films before his own do you know i'm not sure about that uh yeah. finding finding information on him is is not the easiest thing i mean i've definitely read some articles about him um but you know you can't it doesn't pull up much when you type yeah. into Wikipedia, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And any interview with him is in German. So you've got to rely on the YouTube automated uh, translation, which right. uh, it's impressive, but you don't really get the full understanding of what the hell he's going on about most right. of the time. Right. But yeah, that <laughs> ambition, I think, threads through all of his work because not only is he on a real low budget, but he shows the really graphic, graphic stuff, which is, yes. you know, and I often expect someone who who is, you know, relatively inexperienced, you'd assume, to do lots of cutaways and to do quick editing to make it look better. But he doesn't. He just holds no. the camera right there and shows yeah. you the nastiest, gnarliest he stuff. He shows yeah. you probably more than you would want to see, unless you're sickos like we are. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of teeth stuff, like teeth yeah. things are... I know that's like a, it doesn't really bother me, but I know a lot of people are like, no, uh, like, but oh, yeah. for it, like just nailing your teeth out or coming out the back of your head with your teeth going yeah. forward. Yeah. Pretty like that. I know that's like the one thing that makes a lot of people squeamish is when you start fucking with teeth. Um, yeah. 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 He definitely goes after, uh, you know, teeth, genitals, eyeballs, eyeballs, things. <laughs> what's that? Kids. Yeah, kids aren't Slaughter's aren't excluded. Kids. The kids aren't excluded. People of all ages and, mm. and genders and races, it doesn't matter. Like no one is safe. Um, and uh, even even with the Burning Moon, like these these stories, it's almost like an extreme horror creep show in that these are different stories uh, being told, but they're actually being told to a child. Too. That's I think a bedtime story <laughs> by like yeah. a drug addicted uh, brother gang member yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like a brother or cousin, but yeah, he's like a uh, yeah, like a junkie. Yeah, it's it's very entertaining. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I mean, that was his second mo uh, second movie, uh, The Burning Moon, but that was the first one that I saw of his. Do you guys remember what your first one was? Mine was Premutos. Um, no shit, really? Yeah, yeah, I, I saw. It? Uh, go on. I'm, not, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I just saw a list of like the goriest movies ever and it got compared to brain dead. Um, and it said it, it right. rivaled the amount of blood and special effects in that. And I was like, 
how can I don't bullshit? How can I not right. have heard of this stuff? And now, then not so, sorry to interrupt, but just for for the people listening in America, Brain Dead is known here as Dead Alive. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, the Peter Jackson film. But anyway, c- continue. Yeah, but 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 which is pretty much the goriest movie I think ever, really. Absolutely. In terms yeah, it's, of just it mutilation really and, and, and buckets of gore. But no, Prometheus right. gives it a good a good it run does. for its money. Um, and it does. And, and, not, and it might even have a higher body count. It might. Um, yeah, it gets know, the body count at the end, doesn't it? Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, yeah, it lists it at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's well over 100 uh, bodies. Um, and Bermuda's definitely, uh, definitely not steals from Dead Alive, but it definitely borrows and, it, uh, and it's almost like an homage, mm-hmm. not just in the insane gore. And uh, the the way things play out with like, you know, these people in a house fighting off essentially zombies uh, in the end. Um, But also with with some of its comedy with like, you know, you know, like there's a scene where the guys like the zit pops and it like goes in the woman's mouth and everything like that kind of gross trauma-esque humor that Dead Alive had is also very prominent in Bermudos. It's like a weird dinner party is happening, right? Like some kind of and all the (laughs) people that come are just the same thing that happens in Dead Alive. Exactly. And all the people are just like these weird characters that are just like, what? They're drinking wine. They're getting like, what the fuck is happening? And then Just like Dead Alive. Yeah. Just like Dead Alive. So yeah, it's more of like an homage probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it I, is. I, I love how uncomfortable that whole dinner party is. It just seems like the shittest, most awkward dinner party you need <laughs> to go to. But for my sense of humor, I just want to be there because whenever there's an awkward thing going on around me and other people are uncomfortable, I'm just there laughing inside. Yeah. Don't get me right. wrong. But yeah, like the woman's like a disgust, like she's hateful towards her husband who she mm. says like can't turn her on and stuff. And right. she's super racist towards like the black guy who she's also attracted <laughs> also to. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Monstrous people. But then she gets like all vomited on and it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that the, the Bernie Moon is a, is a little bit more serious than Permutos. Permutos is very serious and very disturbing at times, but then it'll completely shift gears on you and be uh, comedic horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's kind of a bizarre movie, not just because of that. It's bizarre for many reasons, but uh, it, it doesn't seem to know if it wants to be genuinely scary or if it wants to be hilarious. I think it succeeds more in being over the top gore and hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I was, when I watched it uh, for the first time, I, I was a little stoned uh, and I watched it and I was literally cheering like it, all by myself, just like, fuck. Yeah. Just Get cheering. <laughs> because the, the, because the, uh, because the carnage was so over, overdone yeah. and so crazy like you know skin just melting off of people and just people just being blown away and destroyed uh and ripped to pieces just non-stop like particularly as the film progresses the the more the film goes on the, the more rapid the carnage is and it just escalates escalates into this this variable orgy of gore and mm. I, and like i was just over the moon happy like watching the movie and told everyone i was like everyone has to see this everybody like you don't ah, understand. Shit. It's fucking great. <laughs> the transformation scene stuck with me when you finally see the the reincarnation of Premutos and um, right. or however you, the hell you say it. And the guy's got like yeah. the 
the barbed wire like wrapping around yeah, him and yeah. like carving through his face and through his yeah, stomach and fucking oh. rebar going oh, through yeah. him and everything. Yeah, that's yeah, that yeah. scene is fantastic. Yeah, that's it's it's kind of reminiscent of uh, Tetsuo the Iron Man, you yeah, know. Totally. Uh, so yeah, that's a great scene. I, I that that one's really disturbing. That that moment in the film. Um, basically, for you know, for those who are unfamiliar, Bermudos uh, is kind of a. Uh, you know, kind of a possession movie. It's this evil demon spirit that continues to be reincarnated over the years. So the movie kind of jumps around, like it starts off and it's like in medieval times and it's the present and then there's flashbacks to the past. And so there you'll definitely be like, what the fuck is even happening when you're watching it the first time around? Uh, it, it kind of loses you. Its narrative is a little sloppy, but it more than makes up for it in how funny it is and in how gory and over the top it is. Uh, Isn't it that. like every time he bumps his head, he gets a flashback? <laughs> yeah, just, just about. On, yeah, yeah, like falling asleep and like getting banged on the head, and and yeah. getting and getting a, a soccer ball to the nuts, which is a really funny thing in the movie, where his his balls swell to like four times their normal That's size. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the movie definitely has its its comedy uh, it's, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. um the first, well, the first one I saw was No Reason. Uh, oh, okay. Because I didn't see any of these movies, so you guys, we were like, let's do this thing. And I was like, let me watch. And that was the first one I saw. Um, yeah. So that's also nuts. Um, but it oh, does it, yeah, it starts as this lady gets shot in the head in the very opening. Like, is, that's how it starts, right? Uh, um, something uh, like that. Slow build, isn't that? No, it was, yeah, I thought it was more of a slow build. I mean, I only saw it one time. Uh, one but, time. But it, 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 the way I would describe it is it's kind of like an, an extreme horror, uh, Jacob's Ladder. You yeah. know, it's, uh, yeah, it's like this woman, like, uh, like yeah, she's she is basically killed pretty early in the movie. I mean, you are right about that, John Wayne, but I can't remember if she's shot in the head or what exactly happens. But, uh, but she's killed fairly early in the film. And then the rest of the movie is her kind of like navigating through heaven hell purgatory yeah. or whatever, yeah, whatever afterlife afterlife thing uh, and it's really it's really just filled with a lot of uh gore and carnage much like the hell scene in burning moon uh where you get these long scenes of like you know there's a woman giving a guy a blowjob and she bites his dick off and, and oh yeah you know, yeah awesome yeah you know, a lot of a lot of hooks ripping people's faces apart a la hellraiser um yeah and and it's, it's the it, best effects i've seen of his I think, yeah in terms it, yeah. of being most polished yeah, definitely. I mean, this is also that's this is many years later. No reason is yeah. from 2010, whereas Permutos is 97 and Burning Moon is 92. Uh, so you know, there's there's plenty of uh, you know time for him to get better, and and uh, yeah, it definitely shows. Uh, there there is a a bizarre Lovecraftian uh, kind of pinhead character in the movie too. This guy with a like a octopus for a face. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's very, it's very clearly a mask. I think it's like supposed to be a mask. It's not it, supposed well, to a be a real head. That later, it's yes. like a bond, it's like a bondage type mask, but that right. looks like a Cthulhu like type of thing. Yeah, right. Cthulhu and and stuff. yeah, and Jonathan's right. There is a big reveal with it later. We won't spoil that, but um, yeah. So she's kind of being escorted through the underworld by this squid faced. Uh, character mm -hmm. um but yeah it's it's a very it's a very sexual film probably more sexual than the other ones that i've seen of his you know like yeah. the woman's naked through the, most of the movie yeah and like the the torture 
scenes, uh, unlike the Burning Moon, where the torture is just uh, physical torture, there's a lot of sexuality to the torture in in No Reason. Uh, and actual it, fucking in it and like piss graphic yeah. pissing and yeah all sorts of stuff yeah it's pretty wild. yeah it is as, a, it's really, as opposed to the really non-graphic there. pissing the artful pissing i call it <laughs> yeah yeah um it's, it definitely seems like he took that movie more seriously too like even from the way mm. it starts and like the background and like the opening credits and the piano music it, it seems like when it starts it almost looks like a hallmark movie you know it's like this family and this piano music going uh, so the movie definitely is to be taken or it's supposed to be taken more seriously. It's not as funny as Bermudos or as outlandishly uh, evil or mean spirited as the burning moon or black past is. Yeah. Yeah. But it was fucking cool. I liked, I liked that one a lot. That was a good one. A good starter for me. We're, right. Hey, Jonathan, I'm sorry. Uh, all I was going to say was once again, I love the fact that he just, he, it seems like the one of the few taboos that people don't that people don't do even in like extreme horror films but like there is a really graphic kid death in it yes and be, being a sick little monkey that was the bit that made me cheer just because i uh-huh. love it when the director <laughs> has the audacity i like kids don't get me yeah. wrong but like when a director is just like yeah i'm gonna fucking murder this baby right, i'm just like right. yes yeah. <laughs> no limits no i know that is great because you you get that feeling like you said no limits of you get that feeling like okay anything can happen in this movie no character is safe um yeah i remember being like oh shit when that, that <laughs> scene happened with the kid too um yeah it's always a, a, a fun moment you know like i love an assault in, in uh, an assault on precinct 13 where the little girl with the ice cream just gets killed like right the beginning of the movie yeah you know stuff like or like yeah right right uh or um uh you know what's another one is uh antichrist you know where the, the movie starts off with the baby falling out the fucking window and then the whole rest of the movie is like this couple just falling apart because their child died while they were fucking in the shower didn't um, cheer at that one which you see dude. <laughs> like, you see the fucking real you fucking do, uh, but do, do yes, you know the yes. interesting fact just as a very brief diversion uh about uh about that fuck scene mm-hmm. um, uh, well it's body doubles yeah but do you know why mm, i don't think so willem defoe was apparently going to do the scene himself but mm-hmm. his dick was distractingly large and no they were shit. just like yeah yeah look, 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 look it up and they were like no we're, we're gonna get a double in they, that's all distractingly <laughs> large gigantic dong <laughs> what do you guys think oh, that's awesome that's awesome but william <laughs> defoe hung like milton burl <laughs> yeah good for him good for him good for him yeah that's funny i did not know that i knew that it was doubles but i didn't know why that's great um yeah that's hot shit yeah that that movie is is full-on disturbing and upsetting it's not uh there's no comedy element to that movie unless you're a sicko like us and you you find the humor in it um but uh yeah Yeah, uh, one thing i did also want to definitely say about ittenbach is that um even though he is pretty really extreme like it's it's very schlocky um, mm-hmm. even when it is at its most graphic and disgusting it that's it, true and it does feel mean-spirited but it still feels like brain dead or dead alive but times t- 10 or whatever right right it's yeah you definitely get the same sort of ott feel to me yeah you definitely get the feeling that uh <clears throat> that like no matter 
how extreme it's getting you you get the feeling that he's kind of snickering behind the camera you know yeah. you get that kind of feel it, it's you know it's almost like uh, like reading ed lee or something where it's like as graphic and gross as it gets you know he's doing it kind of tongue-in-cheek and kind of laughing about it mm, yeah. yeah for sure yeah i definitely would agree with that particularly with movies like you know like his early films black pass and the burning moon um i do think he did intend no reason to be a little bit more seriously taken uh, and then uh, it also there's something that we should mention is that he does have a lot of other films that we haven't seen. None mm-hmm. of us have seen, um, you know, that we, you know, definitely, at least I would like to pursue. Oh yeah. But, um, but a lot of them are hard to, hard to find. Um, you know, even the, the ones that we've mentioned have only recently been distributed uh, by unearthed uh, film press, which is a great, great resource for people who love extreme horror films. I've managed to get a lot of great stuff from them. They're actually the ones who finally gave an official release to the uncut version of a Serbian film, which was previously um, unavailable in an uncut form. Um, And they've also released uh, Gutter Balls and The Untold Story and a lot of the um, uh, Guinea Pig series. Uh, So a lot of like the extreme shit that you that you could possibly want that's the place to go where the dead uh, go to die that's a grim one they released yeah yeah um yeah so unearthed films uh they're not paying me to say this i'm just just saying this it's a great resource for uh for fans of the extreme horror uh yeah and uh i actually prefer ittenbach to Butgerite. um i with all due respect to Butgerite, uh, and i also think that ittenbach owes a debt of gratitude to Butkereit for kind of paving the way for this kind of uh, German horror. Uh, but I do think he uh, is a is better at the medium. Um, I think he, you know, has, even though Permutos doesn't make a lot of sense, uh, his stories do kind of have more of a story, whereas uh, Butkereit is really more vignettes of weird things happening and not so much a fluid narrative. I, I, I would agree? say I also, yeah, I also prefer um Ittenbach, but uh i've really grown to like the necromantic one and two. Oh, now, do so I. I don't yeah I, but what i mean is i don't know whether i prefer those two as films but scram and the the other ones maybe not so much and Ittenbach mm-hmm. is just more I, I think i could probably always be in the mood for an Ittenbach movie whereas necromantic not so much maybe if my right. wife getting a bit cozy you know need to <laughs> right kind of, valentine's day maybe yeah 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 yeah, sure (laughs) but no i'm more of an itzenbach guy i reckon as well how about you john i also uh am uh itzenbach all the way vote itzenbach beardo and four (laughs) eyes yeah Uh, i i agree with that i agree with with both you guys said but uh yeah i just i liked it better like his it's i like the tongue-in-cheek stuff the gore uh the growth it's fun it was cool so, but yeah. yeah, he definitely couldn't exist without one, couldn't come without the other. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, where Bootgerite definitely gave us, uh, you know, definitely gave us extreme and gave us some substantial gore, particularly with Necromantic 2. Um, uh, Idenbach takes it to whole new levels of gore and, and carnage. Uh, but I, I think the Necromantic movies, because of the way that they're done, are a little bit more disturbing. Yeah. uh yeah and like make you a little mm-hmm. bit more comfortable um thing it is a little bit more by the way that uh, the stories are told uh rather than the kind of arty dreamlike quality that bootgrade stuff has and i can't imagine it about killing any animals for his films 
I just don't think he would see the need. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Bootgerite's uh, scenes of of animal killing are actually weren't done just for the movies. They're actually stock footage, like the rabbit being killed in Necromantic. That's stock footage from an actual rabbit farmer. You know, so it's not like you know Cannibal Holocaust or something where animals were killed just for the shock value of the film. Uh, the the footage was just you know stock footage that was reused uh, to kind of pair with. Uh, you know, artistically pair it with the the, the gore of uh, the the fake gore of the necromantic films. I mean, where the hell did he get the seal footage from then? <laughs> I don't know. What the fuck psychotic stock footage was that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm only. I don't know about particularly about that. I was just referencing the uh, the rabbit scene in uh, in the first necromantic. Yeah, uh, because yeah, I, I anything that's just gratuitous. Um, shock value animal killing uh is not something i want to watch which is right, a shame because there's a lot of great movies that have got it in it right cannibal, cannibal holocaust. yeah cannibal holocaust is a great movie um it's a great extreme horror film and it's like a great snapshot of uh the no holds barred kind of aspect of 70s grindhouse filmmaking where everything was everything was really just trying to push every possible limit uh, you know, we're not going to, I don't think we'll ever have a time in cinema that, that again, that was like that particular time period um, where it was this kind of over the top uh, stuff that was coming out, just totally insane movies. Mm -hmm. uh, but unfortunately, yeah, the grind, uh, um, I'm sorry, uh, Cannibal Holocaust does have some animal killing in it that is legit animal killing that isn't, you know, fake in any way. And it's, yeah. and it's too bad. But there was also some movies that were more mainstream, like Apocalypse Now, which has a uh, you know, a cow being slaughtered. But again, they make the argument that it was for the cow to actually be eaten, you know, that it wasn't just for the movie. Mm. So, you know. I know I'm a big meat eater, so I'm a complete hypocrite, even being remotely squeamish at any of this stuff. But yeah, it, it does definitely add a nastier atmosphere, regardless of which film it's in. Right, right. I like, I, I, I'm a huge meat eater myself. Uh, so it's not so much that I get squeamish, but it's, it's me. It's more the principle of uh, animal cruelty that I'm against. So if if it's like all right, like in Necromantic, it was it was just stock footage of how the rabbits were slaughtered. Um, that I'm like, okay, fine. I personally don't think it's necessary to to show that. But it's not like they were killing a rabbit for the sake of the movie, you know. That so there's a there's a, a difference there. Yeah. What about like those? What about those kids they they had to kill in uh, Twilight Zone the movie and that guy? With the uh, yeah, that. <laughs> what about that? That was, that was tragic. That was not <laughs> intentional at all. That was oh, that was a tragedy. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it didn't do well at the box office. Yeah, it was a tragedy there. But yeah, yeah it's just uh, sometimes who knows. Well, they cut the scene, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> they just, they, well, except. yeah, they don't show the actual scene, although you can you can find the footage. Uh, it was actually sh shockingly uh, shown in the, the Shutter series Cursed Films, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, where they, they did an episode on it and they actually show the, the footage of, oh, geez, the, really? of the helicopter hitting the the man uh the actor vic marlowe i think is his name yeah him and him and the children uh but yeah i mean it's not super graphic you see that it basically fall on them but you don't see like their bodies get you know bisected right. or anything even though that's what happened to them of course and that and like you know there's many other cameras were pointed at that scene and there's mm -hmm. there's 
some i don't know if it exists but they, they got many angles of that which was awful yeah. but oh, yeah know. there was absolute absolute horror what happened with that it's still yeah, a funny yeah. comment thank you john wayne you got it yeah. buddy hey that's what i'm here for <laughs> it's, I'm out. it's hilarious <laughs> <laughs> all right uh so yeah, we talked a lot about the, the history of uh, German horror uh, in the previous episode, so I, I don't necessarily want to repeat myself, but we also recorded that episode uh, a while ago. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's, it was this interesting thing in German culture where, Germ, you know, the, very famously, the German expressionist films were very influential on all cinema, um, you know, going back to the silent film era with movies like Nosferatu and the cabinet of Dr. Caligari, you know, uh, so the German expressionist movie was very influential uh, and they definitely, there was a lot of horror incorporated into German expressionism. But then after World War II, uh, there was a kind of, not a ban on horror, but it was just kind of pushed aside, you know, after the real life horrors that the, the country experienced and went through in World War II. There was many years where you didn't see any horror, any horror stuff coming out of out of Germany at all. Um, and then, you know, you had the the whole video nasties thing happen, uh, you know, which affected uh, all of well, not all, but most of Europe with uh, you know these movies that were just on this banned list, and that affected Germany as well. And so Germany, even to this day, has some pretty uh, pretty strict restrictions on what they allow in gore films. I remember when actually all three of us were discussing Dr. Giggles and I was telling you how some scenes were cut from the German version of Dr. Giggles. And I mean, that's from the nineties and that's not even that gory of a movie, no. but, but there are, there are, yeah. you know, things yeah, that are cut. I'm sorry. And um, that also ties into what's that movie, the, the editor, we watched it, Chris, I think together uh, where they're cutting the, the sensor. They're cutting the um he's hired to cut the the, the evil ed? Yes, evil ed, that's it. Yeah, cut evil the gore out of uh the movies and uh for the other thing. And I didn't I'm pretty sure we watched it at your house, or maybe it was a dream I have, uh, but I, I don't, don't know. So I've seen it, but I don't think we watched it together. I don't think I don't know, then features a woman <laughs> raped by a beaver and then shot in the head with uh, a bazooka. Yeah. <laughs> well anyway maybe it was with nick p shouts out but that that's when he like whoever i was with was telling me that that was an actual thing that they they did they took yeah those kind of scenes out of those movies when they sent them to different regions or whatever yep, that's, yep. Kind of that's what they do yeah that movie is. that's what they do but um what 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 happened which is what tends to happen with a repressed uh where, where when a society is artistically repressed um, once the horror film started to come back in Germany, we got movies like like this, where it was kind of like this explosion of just like, OK, we're doing horror again. Let's do it all out. Hardcore, you know, balls to the wall. Um, so I think that kind of led into, um, you know, directors like Bootgerite and Ittenbach and their desire to go over the top with the gore because for so long, you know, uh, everything was just like so suppressed, you know. So is, are Rittenbach's movies available in Germany, do you know? Um, I God, believe they... so. Um, I'm not sure, though, about about like cuts or or anything like that. I know that um, when we were talking about Bootgerite, that there was 
uh, like Necromantic was only available as this kind of like underground, uh, you know, tape trading thing. It wasn't something that you could find. It was banned in several countries. Um, I'm not sure if Ittenbox stuff was banned in several countries or not. Uh, it may be, maybe at this point it is, but he was even further underground with these shot on video movies that I think he kind of wasn't even on the radar of uh, of like censor boards because of the way the movies were distributed and how they were nearly impossible to find until fairly recently. Mm, At least in the yeah. States they were. I don't know about in Europe. I don't think it, there would be a problem in it passing the film classification board here in the uk anymore but at the time yeah not not a chance yeah. i mean the yeah. stupid shit that we banned the boogie right then if you've ever seen right. that what the <laughs> fuck that's... <laughs> that's the interesting thing about the video nasties list is sometimes you you see the movies and sometimes you understand like island of death you know we watched island <laughs> of death john wayne and yeah. you see that yeah. and you're like okay i get why this is on the video nasties list but then mm. there are other ones like you said the boogeyman and stuff mm. uh where you you it boggles the mind you're like why is this even on the list this isn't that extreme or disturbing there's no uh obscene you know there's no rape or, or obscene sex or or excessive gore yeah but those so. movies were often sold um with like graphic covers just to get people to right. snap it up so i think uh, yeah. at least here in the uk a lot of shit was just snapped up just because it had a horrible title or right. looked a bit gross i think it was pretty yeah, I don't right. think it was like a calculated thing where they checked every scene. I think they were just like, yeah. that one's got a bloody eye on it. Get rid of it. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, genuinely. Yeah. Yeah, I know that um, probably most famously is uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre being banned <laughs> and being on the video nasties list. And that is really more because of just the content of the story <laughs> than anything else. Because that movie is is deceptive on the mind in the sense that they don't show a lot of gore. You never see a chainsaw go into a body in it. You just, it's all implied. It's implied, yeah. Yeah, which is kind of the brilliance of that mm -hmm. movie in that, you know, whatever you, you create in your own mind is going to be more intense than what they could ever possibly do with special effects. Um, so, yeah, that that's kind of a, a great example of a movie where you watch it now and you could almost almost be like, why is this on there? But at the same time, I, I guess it's because of the content of it and the time that it came out. It was mm. so incredibly shocking, you know? And with a yeah, title absolutely. as graphic as that. Yeah, um, right. That again, too. If, if people aren't really checking shit out, they can be like, yeah, it's yeah. definitely going to include like eviscerations and decapitations. But yeah, no, that's yeah, one of my top five, I think, like ever. I fucking love that movie. Oh, me too. Absolutely. One of the greatest horror films ever made. Mm -hmm. And it stands and it stands up so well. Um, it's it just it feels like it's really happening when you watch it. Mm -hmm. You know, it that feels like an hour. Yeah. It just feels very real, you know. Um, so yeah, holds up really well. Great movie. Great movie. All right. Um, so do we want to uh move on to some of the music that we wanted to talk about that also plays into German horror culture? Yeah, for sure. I I think so. Yes, that seems neat, like a neat. brilliant idea. All right. So obviously uh, the van that that comes to everyone's mind when you talk about German uh, rock music is going to be Rammstein. Uh, and all three of us are big Rammstein fans. Uh, for those who may not know, uh, Rammstein is a German uh, band that uh, the type of music they that they kind of originated, but became a genre of music. And I'm totally going to pronounce this wrong. Uh, it's Neue Deutsch Hartra is the type of music uh, that they do. Uh, 
I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably saying it wrong, uh, but that's the type of music that they do. Uh, the music is, uh, is not, the music is controversial for its lyrical, lyrical content, but the band has also been very controversial for their music video content. Some of which contains heart, some of which, which contains hardcore pornography. Pussy, uh, the video for Pussy. Yeah, right. They, they have a song like, called, they have a song called Pussy. And yeah, the, the video is only available on porn sites. It's the only place you can yeah. see it because it's, it's hardcore pornography. It's them just fucking porn stars through the whole video. Oh, yeah. See, so I, awesome. I, I heard. Sorry, Joe. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I interrupt? Um, I was going to say that video, like I, I remember seeing it with um, like it was after I played a show with my buddies in another band called Downfall 2012 shouts out and we would go back to their band house where they lived and just party after all the shows and stuff like that. But we both like they covered some Rammstein songs, actually pretty cool versions. But we were like, dude, tonight we're going to go back after and watch the pussy video. Uh, and uh we like it was like a like a event almost to watch mm-hmm. this video because yeah you could only find it on porn sites and it's uh so it's so fun dude yeah. it's like it's so cool yeah i mean you talk talk about like topping everybody you know like all these rock bands do all these videos with hot babes and everything and romstein's like we're gonna do one where we're actually fucking them you know? <laughs> so good yeah. yeah yeah it's like how are you gonna beat that you know see um, as i understand it um it, at the time it was publicized that they weren't actually fucking it was clever mm-hmm. movie techniques and, and and clips and like video editing because it's certainly with you know flake the keyboardist is, is on a woman's body or a transgender yeah. uh w- woman's body but right having seen like Lindemann videos now the stuff that mm-hmm. till Lindemann did later now yeah. i'm wondering if nobody was fucking except till Right. Yeah, because there was some talk about that with the pussy video of like them using, you know, doubles for like the actual penetration scenes. But yeah, Lit, uh, Till Lindman, the frontman for uh, for Rammstein, lead singer, uh, he's done some some work with uh, his side project, which is called Lindman. And he's also done work just by himself. Uh, but yeah, he has a, a great video uh, for the song Plots Eins, uh, which is probably my favorite music video of all time because it's so horrifying. Uh, and also that that also has like hardcore pornographic scenes where it definitely looks like it's him doing the fucking, you know, like they don't do a lot of cutaways or anything. So, uh, yeah, I definitely believe he's doing the fucking in those in that video. He also licks <laughs> out a menstruating enough. vagina in another one. Yes, yes. That can't be very which easily one, faked. Which one was that? Before we get too deep in, in, into like. No pun intended. Uh, pussy bleeding videos. Uh, <laughs> you Jonathan you, you know some history about Lindemann right like you do you want to talk about that or do you know some background about it well a li- well all I and really he- know is that I'm devastated to know that they're, they're no longer together um well the Lindemann yeah, band yeah the Lindemann project yeah that's right so it was just two of them um I believe you played and wrote all of the music it was him right. and Peter Targren from Hypocrisy yes something mm, like I think that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've listened to uh, interviews and stuff since. And apparently they had an absolutely like insane uh, chemistry for writing music. Peter was saying that, you know, he, he, he felt that when it was good, it was like the best thing, like musical project that he could imagine. He thought that mm. they could have just, you know, written songs forever, basically. Yeah. Um, but when it was bad, 
and I'm assuming stuff. I'm reading between the lines, so this might be bullshit or whatever, but it sounds like Till Lindemann is a wild guy to work with, yeah. and there was some drama as a result of like some some behavior on tour and mm. some of the volatility between them. Um, and yeah, sadly, I, I don't think they're going to be making any more music, which yeah. sucks because the two because albums they produced are wicked. Yeah, they're fantastic. Yeah, really great stuff. Some of the best stuff that that Till's put out, I think, you know. Um, yeah. Well, he's also, he is known for being kind of a wild man. Um, and even with Rammstein, which this is really fascinating. Uh, they've been doing this from the beginning, but the band gets together and makes the music and then sends that to Till Lindman. And he creates the the words and and lyric flow on top of that so like the songs all start as instrumentals this is something that i read about with them which i thought was a really uh unique take it even says that i have um i have it pulled up here on uh, wikipedia and says uh yeah along with their approach to songwriting which consists of lindman writing and singing the lyrics over instrumental pieces the rest of the band has completed beforehand yeah um that, yeah that's, so that's kind of interesting yeah no that is that is interesting that, that's um not not actually that uh out like uh i guess like outside of the norm um especially like in the last 20 years or so like uh, mm-hmm. a lot of bands do stuff like that where like, you'll just send stuff to the vocalists and they like sing over uh over it but i thought like uh, i thought he would have more of a hand in the the music writing though um so that's interesting but yeah. uh, I think everybody who who's going to have like a looking for a touchstone for Rammstein, it's it's going to be do the Duhast song, which took, right. uh, took everybody by storm in the Americas here. Right. Uh, yeah. It did. That's that's where they really started to get their uh, international notoriety. That's like their their hit song. And that yeah, was like that, what ninety eight, ninety nine. Yeah, it was like like late nineties, ninety seven, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and. Uh, it's it's funny with that that um, that song too because it's one of those things where it it doesn't necessarily translate that well um, because uh, do has with with you know without the t uh, in what that means is it means you have um, and Mitch is is me you know so what they're what they're saying is you have me and you have me is actually a a tradition in Germany, they use that kind of like the way we would use uh, the words I do in getting married. When they get married, they say, you have me. Uh, but what he does, uh, what what Lindemann does when he sings it, is he almost adds a T sound after dragging out the Hass. Mm-hmm. And, and with the T sound, Hast means hate in German. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of saying the traditional, you have me, but then he's also saying, you hate me. And then if you look at the lyrical content of the song, he's basically like going through the vows of like, you know, do you, do you promise to be good and faithful to this woman? And he's just going nine, you know, which, which means no, you know? And so oh it, like, that's what the song is about. It's about like just being a cheating fuck and a philanderous husband, you know? I have no idea, man. That's so interesting. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? Yeah. That, that's, and that's what the song is actually about. Um, and it's one of those things that don't translate super well because you have to know you know that about German marriage. And also he's dragging out the word to make to, to make it two words, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah like that, I, go ahead. 
I remember when I first discovered them, it, it was with that song. I saw it on an MTV Awards thing and it was just him screaming into a phone. Um, and thankfully, like very soon after that, I fell into a friendship group and they all already listened to Rammstein. They're like, you've only heard that. You've got to hear the album. So right. then we got into Sensucht, uh, which means hunger. And I remember it was the, the earliest days of, of the internet where like lyrics and stuff were only just starting to be published. Now, you know, you can type in any album and find them, but finding the translations of, of those songs, we were like, this one's about some dude fucking a frog. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. a, a, a weird comments like the, the fish needs its solitude and like another one about creepy games played with your sister and like yeah like telling someone to beat you and stuff and we were like this i've never read anything as crazy as this before yeah it's insane i have have another question when you say um a friend circle is that like a gang in in britain like in england like uh, yeah yeah street gang um yeah never leave the leave the place without your your drug milk and your your, yeah it's it's a a clockwork orange thing okay okay that's how that's how all british gangs are they Uh, they friend me friend circle like they all wear white. It was a bunch of pussies all... sitting around drinking beer, um, and, drinking milk, and... <laughs> milk, <laughs> yeah. listening to heavy music, and yeah, no. yeah. Uh, but you, um, you've seen my... them live, haven't you, John? Uh, yeah, I saw. I was gonna say, like, I threw like um, the discovery, like that through that song, they became big, like in the new metal scene at that time, which I was yes. like. Yeah, so I actually saw them on the uh, Family Values tour, which was a package put together by Corn and uh, really? Limp Biscuit and like all them. And I was probably, you know, I was probably like up there, like definitely for Corn and and you know like Limp Biscuit and whoever else. But like Ramshine was on it as well, and that was my exposure to them. And they like just set everything on fire, and it's like an, insane. Um, that they but do. that was like a small set. Like I, you just saw them on a headlining. yeah it was it was huge i believe it was the first time that they've played in an arena um here in the uk so it's the first time they got to do their their, um full like fiery stage show because yeah like apparently fire is all i remember watching back when i uh, was first discovering them we bought the video live house berlin um and there was quite a lot of fire in that and like there's a there's a song actually called rammstein it's got till lindemann wearing a mask and like when the like the lyrics kick in he's just got flames coming out of his face and stuff like mm-hmm. that but this was this was way bigger than than that appeared to be because since then like back back when they did those earlier shows um they they didn't have licenses and now two of them i believe are like pyrotechnically they qualified. are yeah i know i know that lindman specifically like went to school for it because he wanted to do more with fire with the band and he actually you know got licensed so yeah he is yeah it, I, and it shows it was mm-hmm. absolutely crazy like it was in a on a football pitch like a soccer pitch mm-hmm. um and all around us there were um huge great big poles just covered in like massive speakers and apparently the um the gig that they did the night before which is in coventry about 150 miles away uh people could hear the music from 11 miles away from the venue so it was poundingly loud and each of these um huge piles of, of speakers had like um i don't know something to blast fire at the top so all the way through the gig um whenever they really wanted to like hammer a riff home they would be blasting fire uh, out of, out of the top like of the speaker eight, oh, yeah like eight so or cool. 12 of them all around and it was so 
powerful that you could feel the heat hitting oh you. fuck yeah, yeah. dude yeah. yeah and then that's yeah. not even like the stage show like at one point um like i won't go into all of them because that'd be really fucking boring but um in one of the songs mind tile which is all about um the the famous cannibal case in germany where he advertised online and asked someone do you want to be eaten? Yeah, the, the, was like, the Armin, oh, yeah, the, yeah. The Armin Muse case. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's all about that. So for this song, Flake or Flacker, the keyboardist was in a great big uh, cooking pot. Um, and he's playing the keyboard from in there until Lindemann um, walks over to him after he sung like the first verse with a fucking flamethrower and blasts it underneath the cooking pot. And like Flake looks around a bit confused and then Till's like, oh, for fuck's sake. And then walks off stage. And then for the next verse uh, comes in with a bigger flamethrower, like when he's got a hole <laughs> with two arms like this, bigger flames, piles it under the pot and Flake's like, oh, I'm still okay. And then he storms off stage. And while he's off stage, Flake, completely coats himself in like um fire retardant uh outfit and then from one side of the stage to the other um till wheels out like a cannon sized (laughs) flamethrower and shot it must have been like 25 30 maybe even 40 feet of fire and just enveloped flake (laughs) and the boiling pot throughout that it was everyone's like yeah it's it's insane i've i i've not seen them in person but i've watched videos and for those of you who may not be familiar i suggest you go on and watch uh just google rammstein live in paris particularly the duhast uh because they did like a, a live concert video and this is not just in the video this is what they do live in concert he's like shooting explosives uh like john wayne said they're like they have masks that shoot fire out of their faces uh, they and uh, he, when they do the pussy song, he comes out on a giant dildo that shoots foam into the audience. You know, <laughs> uh, so they're they're known for their insane stage shows. Uh, and they're and one of the reasons we wanted to bring them up is there's always a big horror element to their stuff. Like you were saying with the lyrics singing about cannibalism, the music videos that they do are all very horror heavy. Um, maybe with the exception of the pussy video, um, but uh, um, you know, the, flake even, tits is quite disturbing. Well, that is disturbing. That's true. Um, but, uh, you know, you watch videos for like uh, Ikasa Kinda or Platz Eins or um, uh, Angst, uh, which is from praise the new abort. album. Right, praise Abort. Oh, I love Praise That's Abort. That's my yeah. favorite. <laughs> yeah, where he's, the, where he's the pig woman. Oh, it's the best. Yeah, the videos are all very horror heavy. So even people that may not be interested in the, in the music, um, if you're a horror fan, it would behoove you to watch these videos. You know, because they are so out of control. I mean, Till Lindman is kind of like the German Ozzy Osbourne uh, in the sense of his popularity, but he doesn't let that um, uh, constrain him in any way. Uh, he, he just, you know, he doesn't worry about hurting his own popularity by going as extreme and as crazy as possible. Uh, and it definitely shows in all of the material that he's put out. Yeah, like considering how how hard he pushed it in Lindemann, I almost feel like it's the absolute opposite. I feel like he's like, yeah, I am till fucking Lindemann. I am going right. to do whatever I like, and now I've got the budget as well. Right? <laughs> like I think it's and taking him a completely opposite way. Just like and oh, it's and f- yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And it even comes across in the song Platz Eins when you break down the lyrics. Platz Eins means first place, and he's basically saying in the song, "I'm number one. I'm the fucking mm-hmm. best. I'll do whatever I fucking mm-hmm. want." Just like you were just saying. I love that. Uh, and, and of course, that video is the most hardcore video I've ever seen when it comes to. You know, like it's basically the music video equivalent to, to the movie Maniac. 
you know he's 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 basically working in this hotel and just killing women he's got these women imprisoned in laundry machines for fuck's sake you know it's it's absolutely insane yeah does he does he do any like writing as well or is it just all visual and and like uh stuff well there's um well there, there he does do some writing i know he's released some books of poetry um, and there is a short film that goes along with the music video, uh, Ikasa Kinda, uh, which is a Till Lindman song, not a Rammstein mm. song. Uh, but there is a short film that goes along with it, which makes the video make more sense. Um, and uh, he's, he like he acts in it. He's like the main character in it. OK. So. And I it's, a, it's, it's yeah, it's 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 decent. It's it's not, like the story isn't anything we haven't seen a million times. Uh, but there's some very substantial gore in it. People getting their their legs sawed off and stuff. You know, I, uh, I have one question: Is mm-hmm. it better than a Danzig movie? Well, nothing's better than Veronica. Okay. No, no. Anyone who's seen Veronica could tell you just about any movie is better than Veronica, except yeah. except for um, your boy. What's his name? The, the Fred Durst, his fucking movies are even worse than Veronica. The fan is like one of the worst fucking movies you will ever see. It's hilarious how bad it is. Veronica is pretty bad. Well, have you seen the fan? The fan is fucking fan. horrible. No, I don't know. The fan is fucking horrible. Well, for someone who's totally on Fred Durst's dick all the time, I'm amazed I, you have. I can't seen keep movies. up with all of his undertakings, dude. You know, I've got a yeah. life to live myself. Okay, good. <laughs> Well, it, it won several Razzie awards, uh, and it, like it is hailed as one of the worst movies ever, and rightly so. It's an absolute pile of shit. Well, but uh, watch that then. But have you seen Danzig's movie, Jonathan? Uh, you know what? I've seen bits of it. I was laughing Dude. like I, I've seen it. I've still oh, not man. seen all of it. No, all his new Dude. cowboy vampire one. Oh yeah, we're all eagerly anticipating well, oh, that dear, I, with Beta Death Breath. Rider, Death Rider yeah. in the House of Vampires. Can't Man, wait. That looks terrible. <laughs> it looks so bad. Yeah. You know? uh, we just all these women in the wild west with giant, like triple F fake tits. It's just absolutely r- ridiculous. Um, but no, you must see Veronica. You you must see it in its entirety to completion, you if you will. <laughs> to completion. <laughs> okay. It is Promise. phenomenal how bad it is. It's phenomenal. It's really funny. You must L.A. Mummy. Jabba Verotica. Which one there? Double bill. It's got to be a double bill. Yeah. Oh, man, that would be that would be a a mind melting double bill to put yeah. those two turds together. Put, do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. And then we'll study your brain afterwards. Yeah. The fan, the fan is definitely worse as far as a movie goes and storytelling. It's, it's a worse movie uh, because it's so boring. Um, but Verotica is just batshit bonkers. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you even <laughs> thinking making this thing, you know? Yes. <clears throat> yeah. The ineptitude is stunning. <laughs> stunning. The storytelling, like. the editing, the directing, the acting. It's There's everything about it is is just a, a steaming bowl of diarrhea. Is uh, da- yeah. Danzig actually in Verotica? Because I know he's in no. the, the vampire no. one. Okay. No, he is in the new one, but no, he's not in the yeah. movie. Um, okay. He was too focused behind the camera making this masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. And I say all of this, I say all of this as someone who loves Danzig's music. Well, oh, yeah. that's not so much what he puts out now, uh, but uh, uh, like a huge, untouchable. 
Oh, the first four, in my opinion, are some of the greatest metal albums of all time. Uh, and he also kind of invented, uh, you know, horror punk with the Misfits. I mean, you know, like uh, such yeah. an iconic band. Uh, so, no, I, I think he's one of the greatest uh, frontmen in heavy metal history. But that doesn't make him a good storyteller. storyteller. Doesn't make it doesn't make him a good filmmaker, you know, just like Rob Zombie, you know. He's very memeable as well, to be fair. He is because he's because he's such a, a bitch about everything. You know, he's he, he is like I love his music, but I can separate the art from the artist. He's he's known for being a douchebag. Yeah. Yeah. And and he gets so pissed off about everything that it just makes people want to meme, meme him more, you know. So <laughs> Danzig shit posting. Danzig shit posting. Uh yeah, so um going back to Lindman and, and Rammstein, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of this. Uh, I was saying this off off camera that it's kind of amazing that a band that primarily does all of their, you know, because sometimes Lindman will sing in English, but primarily it's all in the German language, and yet mm. they have this universal appeal. They're popular internationally. You know, you watch those videos uh, from Paris, and like the the audience, all you know the majority of them being French speaking are all singing along in German, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of this incredible feat for a, a band with that language to be universal, to have that universal appeal, you know, like bands that are popular worldwide speaking in the English language. That, that's like one of the more universal languages where German is very specific, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, an, it's impressive that they're able to be as popular as they are. Yeah. Oh, one thing I want, just wanted to say about the live experience as well, which really made me laugh, um, was how Rammstein the whole thing was. So they had a, a support act, which was two women um, who were playing beautiful piano music, um, which was just Rammstein covers. And then awesome. when they stopped playing, the just the music came on between the acts, and all they played was Rammstein. That's amazing. <laughs> I like that. Just like a you, lot. you pay for Rammstein, you're getting Rammstein, you're getting guys. Fucking Rammstein the whole time, <laughs> I, the entire I, I, time. I can't imagine what an undertaking a, a show of that that proportion, or you know, yeah, it's just got to be such a yeah. fucking thing man so many moving parts so many people involved so many yeah. safety measures that have to be like fucking you know so interesting like that shit interesting what a rush to be performing that stuff i mean it's gotta be like surrounded by fire and i know just singing your stuff not even well, yeah. their native language like yeah yeah well like apparently lindman has burned the shit out of himself several times uh over the years doing this stuff um probably why he got trained up <laughs> yeah that was one of the big reasons yeah <laughs> Um, but, uh, they're actually coming, uh, my way in like a week or two, they're going to be in Connecticut, uh, at Foxwoods and I'm very tempted to go, but I know I won't, um, because I'm just an old man and I hate crowds and I hate, I just hate concerts now. I just don't enjoy it. But I, it, like, if I was going to drag my ass out to see someone, it would probably be them because their show is so completely insane. Uh, you know, like if I'm going to see a band play, um, either, either one, it has to be like one of my top five favorite bands ever, uh, or they have to really put on a crazy show like Alice Cooper or Guar or something, both of whom I've seen live and great shows. Right. Um, you know, like Guar, like I'm not even, I don't like put on a Guar album and listen to it. I, but I loved seeing them live. I saw them live twice, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Way back in the day. Um, back when Odorous was still around. Rest in I interviewed Odorous 
they no shit. Us. That was that was weird. Yeah, no he's shit. Insane. Was insane. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kept zipping in and out of character while he was there. Like one minute he was odorous, the next minute he was whatever crackhead Bill, whatever his real what, name was. I don't what, know. What <laughs> uh, what did you interview him for? Uh, I was I lived in Glasgow and I was writing for a um, little magazine called Glasgow Podcast. I think it was at the time. It was also a podcast, as you'd expect. Like yeah. at the end of it, um, he kept offering me beers and stuff. Um, and at the end of it, I was like, "Can I put on a mask or one of one of your helmets?" And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, of course, man." And took a photo oh, of wow. me wearing the the um, mohawk kind of the bassist one. I think it is. Oh yeah, yeah. Out. yeah, yeah. But like, that's awesome. But I I took it off and there was like brown gunk around my face <laughs> to get a rash was, oh dude i was walking home retching it smelled oh, so bad because clearly uh, they never wash oh. it they're absolutely mad and, and they get shit faced and go on stage every night oh. sweating and like oh, puking gross. and shitting probably yeah so gross that dude <laughs> that's fantastic. they're funny as hell live aren't they that's amazing oh yeah oh yeah, yeah awesome. really funny show and, and apparently they're really good even now. Um, you know, Odorous passed away. God, it must be 10 years ago or something. At, I think. at least. Yeah. That long. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're still doing it. They have a new frontman. I have no idea what his name is, but um, I think they've gone through a it. few. I think they've had a couple of people. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I, I, I would love to see Rammstein, but I would also, I know, I know myself well enough to know that I would hate it. Uh, just being in in a big crowd, and that's not even a COVID thing. That's just me hating to be in a crowd. I hate it. Just the general so misanthropy much. thing. Yeah, it, it is. I just I hate being shoulder to shoulder with people, and they're like screaming and like just it's just an awful experience for me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it just is. I just hate people yeah. too much. I can't stand it. Yeah, and also going out at night, not a big fan. Uh, just, that's when the vampires are out there at night. <laughs> I know, and I don't get bit by vampires. Exactly, you're being smart, dude. Yeah. That's what it is. You're being I am. Smart. I thank you. I, I think okay. so. Be, be cautious. You got to be safe. Come know? on, yeah. What? We can't lose you to the vampires, dude. You're your premier werewolf, you know, lead man. That's, you know. Thank you, thank you. It's also, I think, like four. It's also like three or four hundred dollars a fucking ticket, which is absurd. Yeah, dude, concert absurd. tickets are insane in Las Vegas, yeah. by the way. Like in. Mm saying i know we don't go yeah. off on a t- ticket tangent but like deftones one of my favorite bands 250 dollars was a ticket like a general oh, mission God. ticket i didn't go but like it's really it's, it's really expensive. disheartening for me too it's really disheartening to see like speaking of dancing like when he will occasionally get together with some of the original misfits and they'll like actually do a misfits show the, the charge for it is absolutely insane hundreds and hundreds of dollars and it's kind of disheartening because like here's this band that was that was punk that was founded on anarchy and just doing these like underground shows in these shit venues and like now it's just like big business it's just, they're, they're totally capitalist you know and like charging an obscene amount for the, for their shows and like litigating against each other for the rights to the the misfits skull which they actually stole from the crimson ghost anyway mm-hmm. you know it's it's kind of just like it just goes against the whole spirit of what the band was initially about you know so it bothers, love, it bothers sorry. me when I see bands like Deftones and bands like that that are supposed to be like punk rock and roll and they're just like just greedy capitalists now. Well, you know? well, well I mean, it I speaks love, loving excuse. So, oh, it, it, it just uh, I was saying more like it's regional, like the same tour doesn't cost 
uh, the same, like for me to have seen the show, like in Houston, as it does just because sure. it's Las Vegas. So the tickets, because it's Vegas, they're, sure, they're sure. already inflated, which sucks. And then you're right. Like, oh, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know what I mean, I wasn't um, trying to attack Defton. No, no, I know, I know, I know you weren't. I was just, uh, I was just, fuck to, uh, fuck the fuck. no. No, yeah, I know I you like aren't. Music, but, I was just, but, <laughs> I was just trying but, to clarify, like, uh, what I sure. mean, just, like living in this area. It's hard to go catch like a cheap, like, a, right. like what would be like a fifty dollar ticket in Houston. You know what I mean? So, right, um, right, and I mean, and certainly the band deserves to be to be paid, and they, and you know, they deserve money for their talent for the the you know, for touring, which it can't be easy. Um, yeah, you know, so I'm not saying that, but like the Misfits shows were particularly, uh, oh yeah, like annoying and capitalist. Yeah, out the fucking ass what they were charging for that, and also because it's like a specialty event because they don't usually play together and everything, because um, they're a bunch of like bitchy old men, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Dude, um, another like I know we're getting a concert thing, but perspective like uh, when this airs, this I'm sure will have happened already. But there's this uh, festival in Vegas called Life Is Beautiful. It's a music festival, and it's actually mm-hmm. takes over most of downtown, like where I live. Uh, mm-hmm. Like they close off a whole lot of this area. And Scarlet uh, won VIP passes to it. Uh, So just like, cause she, she likes to go to the festival and she just happened to enter this thing and she fucking won. So with these two VIP passes and she looked up like what they're doing, they're they're like a grand each, like 1200 bucks for the passes or something. If you were to buy them and you get all this uh, stuff and access and all this shit and like whatever, but like, who are the bands? I don't know. Oh, wow. I don't know any of them. I don't know. And wow. that's not, I, I don't, I don't know if that's a, like an old man thing or not. A t- I just, it's not my thing. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Wrote, yeah. wrote them off. Like I was like, huh? Okay. This is why I'm I love being to go. more obscure music. Like, cause it's way cheaper. Like my favorite bands. I just went to a festival three days, um, five stages, at least three bands playing at a time from like 10 in the morning until like after midnight. And it yeah. was like 150 pounds. So like less than $250 for the mm. whole weekend. Yeah. yeah, And that's just because my favorite stuff isn't like the big blockbuster. Right. Right. No, like that's that. the other thing with, with Rammstein is they're absolutely fucking huge everywhere. So yeah, their ticket prices are, are high. Um, and th- well, this yeah. isn't even really a rock and roll festival. It's more like there's a lot more like hip hop and dance and music and like, yeah, I-, I don't know, stuff that I don't really listen to. Yeah, so. I mean, it, it being called Life is Beautiful, I wouldn't think it would be like death metal or something. No. <laughs> it would be <laughs> awesome if it was, though, right? <laughs> yeah. right. Life is Beautiful with Cannibal Corpse and <laughs> there's like showing fucking super cuts of fucking no reason and shit in the back and nice. Burning Moon. That'd be rad. Well, that's what uh, that that was the last concert I ever went to was uh, was John Carpenter in 2017, which was awesome. But that's what he did is like he has screens like in whatever theme music he was playing. He had like images from his movies playing in the background, you know, so he would play Halloween and you'd see images from the movie going, you know. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Clips from horror movies and live music goes goes so well for me. Like I saw Carpenter Brute. Do you know them? Oh, no, like, I love Carpenter Brew. Yeah, we, yeah, we both and, do. Yeah, yeah, we both yeah. do. Um, so it was at the same festival that I just went to, but three years ago at the last one, because it's been cancelled for the last two years because fucking COVID. Right. But right. yeah, it was just an hour and a half of like a full band. And they play synthwave, so it sounds kind of electronic, but it was yeah. a full band setup. And just for an hour in the background or hour and a half or whatever, all it was was just like murder and tits. Yeah, the whole time while awesome oh, music yeah. was playing, it was just like this. Yeah, is, they're they're very horror. In, they're very horror influenced. Uh, Carpenter mm-hmm. Brute. Yeah, a lot of those uh, like synth uh, wave bands. You know, like 
Dance with the Dead and uh, Makeup and Vanity set, like they all kind of attribute, excuse me, they all kind of attribute their uh, their their love of of all that stuff like uh like from music by carpenter music by goblin and like all of these composers that worked on those those films of the 70s and 80s that kind of uh originated that kind of horror synth um uh joining yeah you know yeah but yeah we both love carpenter group we've talked yeah. about them before on the show we have yeah, previous episode Yes, that's funny that they had all, and I mean, I guess it's kind of like a Nine Inch Nails thing where they they have a whole band, uh, but because Carpenter Brute is is one guy, mm. um, okay, just like Nine Inch Nails, but then when they perform live, I guess they have like a whole band performing the I music. Didn't know that. Okay, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a huge sound, absolutely, yeah, yeah. that was awesome. heavy as hell, hell yeah. I wonder oh, if yeah. they're like actually playing or if uh, if they're doing like a Millie Vanilli. Type of thing. <laughs> well the drummer definitely was i can i can oh yeah <laughs> guarantee that yeah uh, that's funny. all right well, well i i think we covered everything yeah. uh you know what what do you guys think is there anything else we wanted to say uh i mean obviously i know there's people out there screaming the names of other you know uh you know Thank german you. bands or or german horror films we can't uh, can't cover them all we just wanted to focus on the big three that we wanted to talk about yeah um, a lot of good contemporary german horror as well oh yeah he's like good yeah. night mummy oh yeah and uh um yeah. the golden glove yeah oh, the golden glove is also best. fucking masterpiece of extreme horror that one yeah uh and, so yeah and, there, I mean, there are still great horror films coming out of germany now yeah yeah so many stuff things we didn't get to talk about uh but but check but check them out maybe start with these ones that we we talked about also funny games i know we touched on that but i want to suggest mm. that because that movie yeah like uh feel weird yeah so. that is a, that is an uncomfortable film too um i would also like to give a shout out to festiver leg which is my german publisher uh they've published body art toxic love gone to see the river man uh you know the uh full brutal and now they've just recently released they all died screaming for the, so for those fans who may be uh listening right now who are in germany you can get they all died screaming in a german translation now which is pretty cool very um, cool yeah, because there's definitely a big audience for extreme horror in Germany. Um, I, I have a lot of fans uh, from that part of the world that I love very much and I'm very grateful for. Hell yeah. Awesome. Hell yeah. Well, that I think so. That's that we're going to put a wrap on this one, you know, to be opened up later at our discretion. Um, mm -hmm. Jonathan Butcher, you're awesome. amazing. Uh, thank you for doing this with us. Do you have uh, anything you want to promote? Do you want to promote Michelle's book again? Give us a plug for that again. Uh, well, <laughs> um, old farmhouses of the left, Michelle von Eschen, um, and I'm still steady slaving away on the sequel to What Good Girls Do, which is going to be What Good Men Do, and it's yeah. pretty nasty. I'm excited yes. about that one. Yeah, that's that's my favorite I've read of yours so far, the original. So I'm excited for the, the sequel. I think that's going to do really well for you. Oh yeah, crossed. Yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. Thanks All for right, having me, guys. Absolutely. Always a pleasure having you, man. Uh, so I guess until next time, everyone rock out to some some Rammstein. Remember, do Hasmich. Yeah, and don't uh, yeah, don't stop believing. That too. Nein. In Rammstein. <laughs> Nein. <laughs>